Welcome back to the Redbird Report. As always, I am your host, Scott Prirost, and with me I have my sports editor, Reed Watkins. How's it going, Reed? I'm good. Back from break, ready to talk Redbird sports. Yeah, we got a lot to recap for you guys. Uh, two of the fall sports seasons have uh, come to an end here as the ISU football and volleyball teams' uh, seasons have come to a close. Um, we'll start talking about the ISU football team. Um, I don't really think there's any other way to put it other than it, it's, it's a disappointing season. Um, you thought the way the offense looked week one, that had potential, and it did most of the year. I, I, I have a story that's going to be I'm working on right now. Um, I did some research. This was the most prolific offense for the Redbirds since I believe it was 2015. Um, mm-hmm. They averaged like 34 in 2015 or something like that, um, and they averaged just under 32 this year, I believe is what the number was, or it was something along those lines. But the offense looked great. The defense looked really good the first six, seven weeks, I would say. I mean, even against South Dakota State, it really wasn't – I know you gave up 40, but South Dakota State had a lot of short fields at times too, and that hurt them as well. Um, and then you had slip-ups here and there, but for the most part, the defense was formidable, especially after you just lost the defensive player of the year in the FCS. But you looked at that schedule going into the year, and it's six and fives just should not have happened. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. Like, there were so many games that they had opportunities in. Eastern Illinois, you leave seven points on the board with two missed field goals and an extra point. North Dakota, you leave five points on the f- board with two missed extra points and a missed field goal, granted. Um, I think one kick was blocked in each game, if I remember correctly. Regardless, that's 12 points left on the board in those two games. Your four losses outside of South Dakota State, which was even a winnable game in my eyes. The way you look at it, I mean, you were in South Dakota State territory. You converted the fourth down and then fumbled, um, gave up possession there. But those other four losses, eight points separated six and five from ten and one. That's just that's crazy to think about. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's so many games you want back from this year. It's definitely, like you said, just disappointing for the program. Um, but like we've talked about a lot, there's promise in this team, which is exciting. Um, I think they have a lot of things to offer, and it'll be interesting to see how the quarterback situation works out over the offseason. You saw they got the offer out um, to the quarterback from Western Illinois um, a couple days ago or yesterday, and um, then you have Tommy Rittenhouse, who very well could be capable of holding that starting job down next season. So, um, yeah, tough season, especially with Anikstead, again, missing the, I think it was the last three games or something like that with injury, kind of the same as last year. So tough to see that happen um, and lose so many games by three points or less. That's really just yeah, a challenging had, way to go. You had the touchdown, I think it was just under a minute left against Eastern Illinois, and then they made the extra point to go ahead, and you had the drive and then threw the interception, kind of just like a – a prayer um north dakota take the lead there and then they just march um through the air and on the ground score late not able to move the ball downfield there um youngstown state you had a chance to take the lead and you had to settle for the field goal and then i think there was a couple things that did not go quite isu's way at the end of that game before the penguins made the field goal to win and then northern iowa you struggled early you gave up 21 points on their first three drives had a chance because you came all the way back. They made the field goal. You quickly drove, got the touchdown, and you had the onside kick, hit two players' hands, and just couldn't grab it, went out of bounds. So, I mean, they were all winnable games. It's just disappointing. Like I said, coming into the season six and five, you had to admit that that was going to be a disappointing season. I mean, you expected – I thought playoffs would be quite doable because you had 
it felt like you should have started the season four and zero. You lose to South Dakota State, and then you just needed go. I think it was four and two down the stretch, and obviously nothing can always go your way. Not everything can always go your way, but like you mentioned, it's a promising team. Um, you got a lot of players returning. Um, I think they're bringing back four out of their five starting offensive linemen. You're you have the capability of bringing back the entire backfield or running backs, I guess. Not sure if that's actually going to happen or not. Um, Tommy Rittenhouse looks really comfortable. He's coming back at quarterback. Your entire wide receiver room is coming back. You lose Cam Granny, which hurts a lot. Um, and then defensively, you're losing, I believe it's just Josh Dinga on the defensive line. And then Dylan Gearhart, from what I understand, is in the portal, hmm. but he's, he can still come back, and there's still a chance that he comes back. Um, I'm not certain about that, so don't quote me, but um, I know that there's some uh, stuff going on there. So for the most part, you're bringing back like 90% of your starters, so why not run it back? I mean, you can saw that this is the offense that Tommy Rittenhouse works in. That's the biggest thing about him. I know you said they, they talked about uh, offering that Western quarterback, but I mean, Tommy Rittenhouse, his arm looked really good, and with how mobile he is, he's a scary quarterback, so it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. Um mm-hmm. They got a lot to look at. Um, this team is capable of winning games. It's just a matter of doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for football. Anything else from you, Reed? That's all I got. All right, we'll move on to the volleyball team. Uh, the season comes to a close. They started off conference play on absolute fire this year. Um, they were struggling in non-conference play, obviously. Like you said, Reed, I think they started with nine straight losses. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go into conference play, and you opened with the two losses to uh, – Northern Iowa and um, Drake, and then you just went on a tear. What was it, nine straight, right? Yeah. And then you ran into Northern Iowa, Drake again, and just it all seemed to go downhill from there. Um, six straight sets lost there, or six straight matches lost there. I apologize. Um, you beat Bradley in the regular season finale, um, and then it's just a tough draw to have to play Missouri State, who you just swept by um, a week ago on their home court in the first round, and they weren't able to. Uh, Come back. I mean, it was a furious fight. I mean, they were down what sixteen six or something. Yeah, like that what it was, yeah. and then storm all the way back. But uh, Reed, you're obviously there. What'd you see? Yeah. Well, I mean, just like you think about this team, and it's no secret that their core four is the group of sophomores in Ada Shadowald, Hannah Reichensberger, Reagan Haith, and Emily Weber. Yep. And when you look into it on paper, those four have played 25 matches out of 60 together throughout their careers as Redbirds through two seasons. Do you know the record in those matches? I couldn't tell you. I'll we'll have to do some head. research. Yeah, some more research to come. But, um, yeah, that's with Weber starting as a red shirt her freshman year before that got pulled. And then um, up until the, after the Illinois match this year where um, afterwards Reagan Haith was injured and uh, she didn't return until Hannah Reichensberger almost the entirety of was out. conference play. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the core of this team. They've only been able to play less than half the matches together. So I think that kind of tells you a lot about how to evaluate. I think just once that group can share the floor more consistently and once they're all healthy again, um, I think you're going to see this team really grow and start to be a problem in the Valley. It's just... Um, a matter of time, in my opinion. Like you talked about that Missouri State game, it felt like they were just ready to be done in that fourth set until they went on that tear. And honestly, that was led by Bella Zeman, who didn't start, didn't play much up until that point. 
Um, and I really think that kind of summarized the impact that she has had on this team, just waiting for her number to be called and um, waiting to make an impact while, you know, staying patient on the sidelines. Um, so they went out fighting, which I think is impressive. Um, and obviously the way you want to go, you know, they can hold their head high after that. But obviously um, you lose the three grad transfers um, who were almost like rentals, you know, just here for yeah. a year. Um, and then you most likely everything seems to indicate that Norianka and Cassie Jordan are um, done with the Redbirds. You know, they have that COVID year as an option, but um, I mean, you think about it, you sign up to play four years of college volleyball. That seems to be the option that most of the Redbirds have taken um, with that decision. So I don't expect them to come back, and it seems like they won't based off everything they've said. Um, so, I mean, just the legacy they added to their careers in their senior year has been really impressive to me. Cassie Jordan has one of the most underrated storylines of the season, stepping up um, consistently for Reagan Haith. And then um, when Haith came back and Regensburger went down, she stepped up, you know, throughout the rest of the season. So really impressive. And then Nora Yonka obviously adding a lot as a defensive and serving substitute. So um, you lose a great group of five players, but – I mean, the the young core is just really impressive. And then you add freshmen who, at times this season, um, really stepped up. And it wasn't consistent, but um, they all showed flashes that I think um, give some promise to this team. And then you bring in a really exciting recruiting class um, who I've gotten to talk to a little bit. And it's just like this group is going to be special. Um, like Kennedy Guest is 6'2", Lily Croshaw 6'3", Ruth Ziegler 6'3". That trio of height is just going to be really impressive in their Redbird jerseys um, in the next four years. So it is obviously a disappointing um, season to lose in the first uh, round of the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, but you got there after not making it last year. Um, and I think we're going to see the expectation for this team just continue to go uh, up and up throughout the remaining I mean, years to come. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a solid core. Like you, you mentioned, those four who are going into their third year now, they got a little more experience with each other. Maybe they can get 100% healthy there. Mm -hmm. um, and then an exciting young group. I mean, this is a good spot you want to be in um, in terms of that solid youth, um, that excitement there. Um, and it's going to be your third year under Alley Matters with a chance to uh, kind of build on what you did this year. I mean, the, the ending was maybe not what you had hoped, but – you showed in the middle what you could do. Nine straight wins in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, you competed um, early against Drake in that first match of conference play, and then you and I is just such a good team. <laughs> they're unbeatable. Yeah, Drake would take them to five sets in the championship. Yeah, um, and they're, they're uh, I think they're the eight seed, right? They're an eight right. seed. Right, yeah, the, they have uh, to play Miami and then Wisconsin at Wisconsin. at Wisconsin. So we will see how that goes for the Panthers. But um, tough draw. I mean, if anyone can do it in the Valley, it's got to be you and I. They are unreal. Yeah, definitely. And then you get a little bit of revenge against Bradley this year, which is always a good thing for the Right. Red Taking back that rivalry, I think, is really underrated. I mean, it's expected, but it was necessary. You know, you needed to do it. Yeah. Um, and you can tell just how much every single person in that locker room cares about it, which I think um, is just what every Redburn fan wants to see. Yeah. Definitely. It'll be interesting to see kind of what happens throughout the offseason within this uh, program. Um, but I think they got a really exciting future ahead. I know, like I said, the, the ending might have been a little disappointing, but you saw in the middle what they were capable of. So it's going to be exciting to see what they do in the future. Um, anything else from you, Reed? That's all I got for Redbird Volleyball.
All right, we'll move on to the ISU women's basketball team. A really, really strong start to this season. Um, you have that loss to Green Bay, which I'm going to chalk it up. Is it a up. free pass? I'm going to chalk free it up. Free pass loss? A fluke. With, yeah. With no Deanna Wilson, I, I, I'm just calling it a fluke at this mm-hmm. point because every other game they've looked like a completely different team than they did against Green Bay. Um, Kate Bowman stepped up in that game offensively. I think she had one of her better off. I think it was a career high for her. Um, but just you're missing Deanna Wilson. She's in all – preseason all-MVC first-team player, you need her on the court. And what I like about her this year, she stayed out of foul trouble for the most part early. Her finishing's gotten a little better than what we've seen in the past. In the past, it's been a lot of... It seems like she'd make the most difficult layup possible and then miss the ones that you felt like she should make. But this year, she seems to be settling in a little bit, expanding the game a little bit. Caroline Waite's been everything you could have asked for and more. Yeah, Maya Wong's offense has been ridiculous ridiculous this year um I did not see that coming to be honest with you I always saw her as a facilitator but I guess Gillespie warned us I mean when we talked to her before the season she said she put up uh, 20 in that um close scrimmage and then she's looked great ever since Bowman's doing everything you can ask Bowman to do Abby Alzma kind of starting to settle in a little bit struggled early so they're starting to figure it out a little bit um it's going to take some time but they're looking really exciting offensively Defensively, I mean, when their offense wasn't necessarily on the entire time against St. Mary's, you hold them to 51 points. A really solid win there. This game, tomorrow night against Chicago State, they got to figure out anything at all that they have to clean up, do it right now, because their next two games are going to be a challenge. Um, Two ranked opponents in North Carolina State and Marquette. North Carolina State in Raleigh, Marquette at home against Seth Arena, but the way this team's playing right now, offensively, the way they've locked in on both sides of the ball, I think anything can happen. If they're 100% healthy, they can give any team a scare, I think, in the Missouri Valley Conference and outside of it. Um, I know NC State is going to mean a lot to uh, Coach Gillespie, obviously her alma mater, and then Marquette, a team that took down Illinois earlier this year, coming into your home court. You're going to have some pride there to try to defend it. Yeah, it's an exciting stretch, to be sure, um, with this program, and I think the X factor is really just their freshmen and the way that they contribute throughout the year. I think their development will be what determines how good this team can be because you know what you have in your starting lineup. And um, I think I'd even say in Deja Smith off the bench at this point, it's really solidified that role. Exactly. And back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think that freshman group is going to determine just how far you can go in the Valley and uh, pass that possibly. So I think, once we start to see some more consistency, and we have seen an uptick in it throughout this uh, road trip, I was very impressed with their um, performance in the MTE um, at the St. Mary's Thanksgiving Classic. I just, I think they're showing that they can compete with anyone when they're healthy. So, obviously, you need to keep Deanna Wilson um, at her full strength. Like you said, that uh, Green Bay game kind of have to throw the result out the window with how they competed um, without her on the floor. So, I think as long as she's there, they're going to have a chance against um any of these mid-major teams they're facing and then you go into nc state you have something to prove obviously um and hosting marquette back-to-back games is going to be a tough tough slate but i'm excited to see how it goes and how they fight in those games i don't want to overlook st louis right after that um because you remember they went in to the chaffetz center last year and they lost yeah but it was at the time it felt like a a shocking loss but I'm, Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure st louis ended up Winning their conference in the regular season, I think, and I don't, I can't remember if they made the tournament or not, but it ended up being not quite as bad of a loss as we initially thought. And then Green Bay, they lost to last year too. I'm pretty sure. 
Um, right. And then that was the same thing. I'm pretty sure Green Bay kind of went on a run there at the end of the year, but I don't think they made the tournament at all. Um, but, again, it's it's a quality opponent. And I'm just – you look at those NC State and Marquette games. If somehow, some way you, you take one of those games, wow. Mm-hmm. But if you're – the biggest thing I want to see is I want to see – competitiveness i don't want to see you fold over if you're down 10 after the first quarter or something like that keep fighting um we talked about it last year over and over again gillespie talked about it i can't remember if it was after the hoops in the heartland or the wnit game but she was confused because she didn't know whether you're supposed to schedule the teams that you want and then just beat them like you should beat them or if you should get killed by like the really good teams like the iowa or the the yukon and those types of teams and now she's doing that. She's scheduling those two ranked opponents, and it, it's just a good look to have that on your resume. If you can produce a good product in those two games, um, compete, maybe somehow if you take one of those, it's a whole different look for this team if you're able to take one of those because then you go into conference play and you go into the MVC tournament, and there's a little more talk about, okay, maybe the MVC deserves a second bid. And We'll talk about the men's basketball in a little bit, but I think the men's basketball is doing the same thing where some of these teams are looking really good and they're building an at-large bid. And that's the struggle with these mid-majors is just they just have to get the attention on themselves. So these are the types of games. ACC Network for that NC State game, get your name out there. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I think, yeah, you can definitely prove something. It's kind of like a no-lose situation right? Um, in those games. I think, you know, you drop it, it's like you're kind of – you're the underdog and if you win you can really make some headlines for yourself i think that'll be exciting um and not to forget um bradley comes to town um on is it the 30th the 30th yep the december 30th, 30th. December 30th the kate popovich scott's return game yeah and that's <laughs> going to be the um the first conference game on the last game of 2023 right yeah that'll be interesting um It'll, Caroline Waite gets to see her former team again and um, gets to see where they're at at that point in the season against some Valley competition. So definitely an exciting slate coming up um, to, throughout finishing up November and getting into December. Yeah, definitely. Only uh, five more games in this calendar year for ISU women's basketball, but they've looked really solid, I would say, up to this point. It's just a matter of continuing that and putting up a good product against some really tough opponents in NC State and Marquette. Um, but it all starts with Chicago State tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., SEFQ Arena. Uh, we'll shift over to the men's basketball. Um, you started that that MTE really solid, the Gulf Coast Showcase. I mean, you get the win over Long Beach State, which it's, it looks like a really solid win because Long Beach State had just beat um, Michigan. Long Beach State was averaging a ton of points per game. I think it was just under 90. You hold them to 52, and you're riding high. Then you go against high point, and you're down 16. You surge all the way back. You even take the lead, I believe. Um, and then you're just unable to complete the comeback. I think they had three chances. Um, I think Brandon Lee missed a jump hook. Dalton Banks missed a couple threes. And I think Darius Burford had one mid-range jumper as well. But all chances that Peden called out post game that they were good looks that you have to be able to make, and they weren't able to make it. And then I don't know if they were defeated or what, but they did just did not put up a fight against Wright State. And you open that tournament, like I said, and you look really good. And then High Point and Wright State just really demoralized it heading into conference play here tomorrow, 7 p.m. at uh, UIC. Yeah, the three-point shooting in that Wright State game was horrendous. It was tough to see. I mean, one in a, two for 22, 
one eleven in each half. I just kind of nine percent. Right. I mean, that's not what we had seen. I'd been really impressed by the three point yeah. shooting um, up to that point in the season, um, and I thought. You know, they always talk about playing through the paint, but I was thinking maybe this team could be shooters um, and really rely on that from deep. And I guess if you're going to rely on that, there will be times where um, it just doesn't work out like that. And, um, yeah, I expect them to kind of just get, you know, a little more consistent in the touches. It's just it's a hard loss to try to explain. Um, but I'm excited to see how they can, you know, make a look to bounce back. Thursday night against a really talented um, UIC team who I've been really impressed by throughout um, yeah, they've looked non-conference. Really good. You know, Luke Yackler's the former Redbird assistant. Um, really like what he's building over there, to be honest. And um, obviously Tony Wills and Madison Williams on that staff as well. So it'll be exciting to see um, for the Redbirds to see some familiar faces, at least for um, those who have been there a while. But um yeah, I'm just excited to see how they can do against Missouri Valley Conference play because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters in this um, in this schedule. So we'll see how they do in this early test against um, the MVC. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, Murray State Sunday, like you talked about. Um, and then they got a midweek game against Northern Kentucky before hosting the return to Horton Part 2. Uh, Norfolk State. That's a night game. I think the last one was a 2 p.m. game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, per, it was earlier in the day for sure. And this one's a 6 p.m., but uh, they got four, five, five straight home games here coming up before they travel to Kentucky. A really exciting game there. Reed will have coverage from there. Um, but no, we talked about it. I mean, at moments they've looked really good this year. I mean, that win over Eastern Illinois honestly looks like a solid win after what Eastern Illinois did last night. Um, yeah. They were down three with like two and a half minutes left to the number five team I think they are in the country now they fell a little bit after the loss to Marquette um but no it it's early in the year and I think Peden talked about that it was the same thing as the women's basketball team it's going to take some time to kind of fully mold but they got to figure it out now that conference play is starting um like we said um UIC they travel there tomorrow 7 p.m Reed will have coverage there while I'll be at home for the women's basketball game um and then Sunday they host Murray State in the first of five straight home games I think that's it for men's basketball. The last thing we do want to discuss, um, ISU swimming and diving uh, shakes up the records books a little bit there at the Purdue Invitational. Um, A really strong weekend across the board. Um, And it's not just the normal names. I mean, it is the names that we talk about all the time, Eva Reyes and Madison Morse. Mm -hmm. Um, But across the board in relays, um, Chloe Tyler um, was a part of the uh, 200 medley. Um, they got the second best mark in school history with a minute 41.08. Um, her, Madison Morse, Mia Snow, and uh, Emma Felter there, a really strong performance. Um, but like I said, it was across the board in relays, diving, and swimming where they just continue to impress week after week after week. Yeah, I think, like you said, those you know usual names we're used to seeing and um... – then again, solid individual performances all across the board, and um, I'm excited to see how they do in this uh, U.S. Open event they're competing in in Greensboro, North Carolina. I think it'll be nice to you know anytime you go to one of those bigger ones, it's nice to see how your athletes do. I'm not sure if that's the whole team or if that's just um, qualified individuals or anything like that. But then you're off for a little bit before you get into kind of the more standard dual meet season. Um, for just a little bit, obviously not too long, um, and then 
it'll kind of be before you know it. You're in February and the MVC championships are right there. So um, it's a long season, but it's in terms of actual events, it's a short season for this swim and dive yeah. uh, program. So um, a lot of time to kind of improve, but at the same time, not too far from conference tournament. So um, excited to see how they progress throughout the year. Yeah, I think if I counted right, I think it was six times this weekend, uh, well, I guess it was actually two weekends ago now, um, were top 10 in school history. So, I mean, in one doing that in one single meet is a really impressive feat, um, a really strong showing, and we've seen it all year from them. Um, three and one so far this year. Their only loss was Ohio, where we talked about it over and over again, where it was kind of one of those situations where the meets were split up, maybe favorable towards Ohio one day and then to the Redbirds the other day. Um, and then a tough Purdue Invitational, like we talked about before this U.S. Open, which if I remember correctly, I think this is only swimming events, so I don't think like Eva Reyes will be featured in this one. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm almost certain that's how it is. Um, and then like you talked about before they get into uh, uh, a little more dual meet action, like you talked about, you and I at uh, Horton, Field, Horton Pool House, um, January 19th and 20th. I think that's it for me. Anything else from you, Reed? So I got, like you said, um, UIC for me tomorrow night, and you have Chicago State. Yeah, at Chicago home. schools, different yeah. places. Um, and then keep an eye out. Uh, we have a few events this weekend. We talked about men's and women's basketball, um, but track and field um, kicks off the season um, this weekend um, the, at home. Um, it's Friday, Saturday, I believe, um, the first indoor meet of the year. So keep an eye out for updates of that. Um and I believe that's it for just this weekend. Um, we do have, like you said, the U.S. Open. We'll keep you updated on what exactly that is in terms of who all is going to that. Um, women's basketball, big game at NC State. Men's basketball hosting Murray State. A lot going on before the next time we talk to you, so mm-hmm. make sure to follow along on our Twitter account for all the live updates of the action at the underscore vidette and at vidi underscore sports. And uh, we will talk to you guys again next week.